Nice. Good weekend, huh? Good weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A simple idea turned into a, a phenomenal weekend, huh? I think so. Yeah. yeah. We had a good time. Yeah. I had a great time meeting your, your guys. 12 people came? 11 and 11 me. So and you, yeah. 12, 12 total. Okay. Yeah. 12 total. Yeah. They were asking us how we met and, and uh, you know, because it seems like we're like, you know, like longtime <laughs> friends, right? And well, during the pandemic, we I, we, I did your first yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how a simple, simple, you know, event like that can convert into something so much bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why did you start your podcast? Um, pandemic, to be honest. I mean, it, it you know, I, we were just Gary and I, and and for those who don't know, don't, you know, Gary's uh, my co-host on mm -hmm. on the podcast. But um, you know, when pandemic started, we had we didn't have anything to do. Like we shut down, right? We we were down. So like even if you know there was some training going on and other things and other projects, I mean, operationally, Academy was not really f functioning. And mm -hmm. from day one, I said to everybody that we're not laying anybody off. We Everything continues from operations, but we're going to be doing things that we were S not planning staying, on doing. Staying busy, yeah. Yeah, and, and um, you know, probably Gary can tell you that story <laughs> from his perspective, but I called him one day and I said, what do you think about doing a podcast? And he goes, I don't know, let's think about it. And I said, well, equipment is here, so we're starting next week. <laughs> and it kind of, uh, it, it kind of went from there, you know, it, 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 we started and, you know, we were pretty bad at the beginning, but it, you know, you're learning and you're starting yeah. having conversations. And I remember Gary, we, we, I think, I don't know if we talked before a few, few minutes, but he was nervous, right? He was. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we both were, you uh -huh. know, I think we both were nervous, but you know, we, um, it was, it, it was, it was funny you know, thinking in that retrospect, like you were the first person I contacted and you said yes right away. Mm. So I was like game, you know? Mm. And so, <laughs> and then, you know, conversation. Why did you reach out to me? Um, you know, I followed you, what you've done with the Academy and, mm. and just, you know, you as a person for a while. And, you know, in some sense, I looked up to you for, for, for a long time as a martial artist, as a, as a, did you know me from jujitsu, from fighting yeah, MMA? From, from jujitsu. Okay. From jujitsu, from, from, from legacy particularly, mm, okay. you know, so it, it was a, you know, anchor in, in my mind, mm. you know, one of the people that I always saw and look up, to, you know, look up to and. And so what you've done with your students and so on. So it was, uh, um, you know, it, it was one of the one of the personality or names that you know kind of came naturally to me. Like, yeah, let me reach out to Professor Alberto. You know, let's see what's going to happen. You know, and and boom, here we are. <laughs> you know, yeah. a couple years later. So yeah, and you've been keeping it going. You're like we were talking about how, you know, like oh, we're gonna keep going because everything's back to normal now with yeah. classes and stuff. And yeah, you're like yeah, let's keep it going. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because a silly project like this converted into deep conversations with different people, and it really started creating relationships. You know, all across, all around the world, actually. You mm -hmm. know, we just had John Will, you know, Dirty Dozen from Australia, mm -hmm. on on the podcast, and like, I mean. Who in our world would, mm -hmm. would thought that you can connect with somebody like that and talking about, you know, literally beginnings of jiu-jitsu before jiu-jitsu was jiu-jitsu, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. and, and hearing the stories and documenting that. And longer we've been doing this, as we were going with this, you know, uh, at this point, 130 or 140-some episodes, you know, y you, you talk to these people and then 
um, often Gary and I, we reflect on this and, and, and we simply say, you know, people who listen to this, they, they don't have these opportunities. And we are kind of almost in a point of responsibility to use this vehicle to present history and these stories. And mm -hmm. many of them are not undocumented at this point. And we are, you know, we, we're trying to do this. We're trying to continue it and have these easy flowing conversations telling a story of, of individual people and and continue with this on. So hopefully yeah. we can continue doing it. What are some uh, episodes that stand out? What, what guests? Oh, I mean, it's so many. It, it's it's hard to even narrow it down because they are all different. Mm -hmm. You know, definitely talking to some of the Dirty Dozen guys, mm -hmm. you know, so Chris Howard. First 12 uh, black belts yeah, in America. Yeah, yeah, so definitely talking to those guys. It, it's, for me personally, that's a big anchor because, mm -hmm. you know, that's the beginnings, mm -hmm. you know, but then talking to some of the younger guys too and, and, and you seeing how jiu-jitsu has evolved for them, you know, and how they think about jiu-jitsu, you know, in it, in everybody has an individual story, you know, so obviously some episodes are more popular than others, you know, but, you know, getting the stories is, is important. So I, I'm a big journal guy, you know, I journal a lot every single day and I went through several of these books, you know, that you take notes in and mm. every single episode I take notes and then sometimes I go back and reflect on it and, and it's it's interesting because it's, it's just, you know, everybody has their own story mm -hmm. and they are so different, so different. Yeah, I found it that you think, you know, maybe somebody's a bigger name, right? Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you think it's going to be like an amazing episode but mm -hmm. or a story, but of course they're all interesting, but, uh, but some ones that you don't think are going to be anything end up turning into really interesting mm -hmm. stories and, and, and episodes. No, absolutely. You know, especially... You know, some of the guys, when you start digging into the history, like how, mm -hmm. how they started mm -hmm. and, and you get into their family and, and other things, get a little bit deeper below the surface, you learn how much jiu-jitsu has impacted them personally. And then obviously what they do with their students, it's, it's a domino effect at mm -hmm. that point. So it, it's it, it's quite um, quite rewarding just to have these conversations. Rewarding, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, like my, my friends, like... like I enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it. We enjoy it. Yeah. Like yeah. even now, right? We're just, we're able to have a conversation and share that conversation with, with others. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's also so funny because, I mean, obviously we prepare for the episodes. We want to know who we talk to and we do a little bit of research on them just to have like some kind of guide of where we're going to go with the conversation. But mm -hmm. so many times, I mean, so many times the conversation just derails and it goes in completely separate direction just, just naturally organically we, we we get on a topic and it just continue on and it makes us such a phenomenal chat between people so yeah awesome yeah and here we are huh in uh in uh, burbank uh after a conversation right <laughs> of you guys coming out uh from after that first episode we just kept in touch right yeah. we just got along really well yeah and uh and you brought your students out you think they had a good time well, from the amount of smiles that <laughs> we saw in the last few days, I am confident that they had a good time, you know, and, and I'm sure um, even from the brief feedback that I got so far, you know, they already talking and asking, you know, <laughs> if we can come back. That's so <laughs> um, I think I think it's an enjoyable moment, you know, um, when you when you're so passionate about jujitsu and you train daily, I think the downfall of it is that you get used to people you train with, mm -hmm. you know, and even if you have multiple instructors, you still get used to them. Mm -hmm. And then visiting 
a friendly academy when you're so welcome mm-hmm. and, and so adopted as part of the existing team, it is number one, refreshing. But two, then you're actually seeing what's on what some other people do, you know? And, um, you know, as I was chatting with my students, they were like, he's saying, it's like, wow, like, you know, the, the game is just slightly, it's like different different accent, you know, in language, different flavor in food, just slightly different. And it's so, 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 so amazing. And, and a lot of them, you know, a lot of them were reflecting on it, it with, with a lot of positivity. So, yeah. Um, what, uh, what, um, you know, what, what was your vision with, with organizing, having them come out? What was yeah. the idea? Um, I, honestly, just just to get away, it, it was you know you see a lot of these retreats and other things you know and and I, I talked to number of guys who who have done them before mm-hmm. either were part of it or they organized them, and oftentimes I always thought about um, going to remote location and learning from multiple instructors might be cool, but I think that family oriented kind of um, atmosphere might not be there. And I've never attended one, so this mm-hmm. is just my perception that I kind of imagined by wa- watching and seeing what's on social media and videos and other things. You know, so for me, was important when we were organizing this to go somewhere where we would be not only accepted, but also, you know, very welcomed and, and very kind of, again, pulled as part of the team and have this experience for my students. You know, so this I think this is a very unique environment and very unique experience for them. And honestly, this is a big part of team building, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, because they will go back home and they will tell all the stories and they will post on social media. And I'm already getting tons of text messages from people from home and they they they're, you know, asking questions because they are curious. And it's it was a good time. That's mm-hmm. the point. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. So, yeah. you know, it. I do appreciate you having us here, and, yeah. and it, w- it was phenomenal. So yeah, I think we all had a great time. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it, yeah. Was, it was mutual. Yeah, so, yeah. What do you think? What do you think about what? Like you know, like you. I think you, you've been here. Th- how many? Th- is it your second time here? It's third. Third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Third. What do you What do you enjoy about Legacy? What stands out to you? What makes it? You know. I, I think the cohesiveness of the team, mm. it, it's pretty mind-blowing. You know, so e- even when I arrived here on Thursday, um, you know, I don't know if they knew we were coming or not, but they they, they, they were extremely welcoming. And mm. it was like, hi, hi, and this and that. Yes, you're from Chicago. And this, and, and it, it, it's almost felt like everything was rehearsed in a way, you mm. know, and... and, and it, it was very, very welcoming. And, and, and well, besides that, you know, a bunch of killers around here. And, you know, I don't have many opportunities to step on the mat and have, you know, 15 or 17 black belts around me and train with them, you know, just like earlier today. You know, <laughs> I think we did 12 <laughs> rounds. And <laughs> I used to have my, uh, like, my longtime training partner with me. He's like a fifth degree black belt. And, and like, the Sunday morning used to be like a master's training, right? Mm-hmm. Master two, so 36 and up. He's like, man, that's like the t- toughest training of, of all week. <laughs> <laughs> all these black belts and everybody's training hard. Yeah, like, what yeah, are you talking about? Yeah, well, um, yeah, and in a, in a way, even <laughs> one of guys, one of my guys asked me if, if I'm going to roll, you know, and, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm totally doing it. Like, I don't have these opportunities. You guys have many opportunities, but like, you know, th- this is, you know, huge for me, even just exchange and, and go. And some of these guys I'm meeting for the very first time, even though, even though this is my third time here. So, yeah. you know, it, 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 it making connection, making relationships and, and, and really, 
you know, doing what we love because that's the bottom line, you know? Yeah. How long have you had a gym for, uh, Academy? Opened, we, we, we established in 2014, um, end of 2014, and we opened the doors beginning of 2015. So, um, yeah, almost 10 years, okay. nine, eight, nine, yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I always remember your s the story of how you, you did it. You had a corporate job. And yeah. You're like, okay, if we hit this goal, like mm -hmm. step by step, I'm gonna have you know do work, you know after after hours, and yeah. and, and 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 then if we get to this certain point, I'll I'll quit my job, and you yeah. then you're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna hit it. I'm gonna mm -hmm. quit on this day. Yeah, yeah, it, it's. And a I mean, most people don't have that, you know, the, the ability to set that goal and stay true to it till it's complete. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's hard. It's hard when you put hundred percent of yourself into something and you don't see the end result for extremely long time. It feels like you are not accomplishing anything. You know, it, it's almost like, almost like brushing teeth. If, if you brush it once, it means nothing, right? But if you consistently do it, it, it has this impact, you know, and, and it's very hard to wake up every day and go grinding and go doing it. Um, but you don't see the immediate results today, right now, you know. So that 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 was hard. That that was hard, um, you know. But but ironically, as I was here, actually, I got a text message from one of the guys that who was on my team way back in the corporate, mm -hmm. you know, ten, oh, wow. 10 years ago, <laughs> and he texted me literally yesterday, yesterday the day before. And he texted me, and so shout out to Mike. Um, but he texted me that he wants to start jujitsu. If I had you know a few minutes to talk to him, so we are supposed to talk next week. And nice. and and. You know? Is he the guy that got you in? Uh, no, 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 no. He, he's just, he was in corporate. He was on my team. I got you. You know, and, and uh, so he wants to try jiu-jitsu. That's so, amazing. So he saw on social cool, media that I'm here and then we are training and he's like, I want to try this. So, so it, it's cool how even unintentionally you're impacting people, yeah. you know, so, yeah. so it, it's so, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu, right? Just, uh, just keeps, keeps, uh. Keeps, uh, I don't know, keeps getting better, you know, as you, uh, for me, it's, it's, it's changed, right? With every, every, mm -hmm. when I was younger, it was different, but it's always, um, been so rewarding, you know, in every aspect. It's, uh, like nothing I've ever done before, you know? Just yeah. Tack fit, tack fit has definitely given me certain things, you know, that, that, that is re really rewarding, but I think it's all interconnected for me. Um, yeah, the martial art aspect of, pushing yourself challenging yourself right facing your fears but also you know the connection with others yeah 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 those connections are irreplaceable almost i mean there's really not many activities where you you bond in such a way while you're trying to break somebody's arm i mean <laughs> not literally but you know you know you know what i mean we we, we do put ourselves in the in some compromised positions, and I think trust is a big part of this, and mm -hmm. I think that's why the relationship is being created so, um, so quickly and so so strongly, deeply, yeah. some deeply in some some cases, you know. Yeah. I, I I told this um, story on my podcast a couple times, but um, you know, <laughs> I was at the airport. There was this was couple. Uh, this was one of the times I was coming back from here, but I was um, um, I was at the airport and I was filling up the water bottle at the fountain, you know, and, and, and the guy behind me standing and I kind of peeked and he had a jujitsu t-shirt and I was like, hey, what's up? You know, we start mm -hmm. talking mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and we talked for 20 minutes and, and I didn't even get his name, 
you know, and and it that like instant connection that mm. you get within the jujitsu community. Kevin's laughing. Kevin is laughing over there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know his name, but we talk for hours. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that's what I do. I talk. You know, so all it takes it's, is a, it's funny because I, you know, you have friends in Brazil, right? A lot of people, most people, you have a nickname. Yeah, and so you've known somebody somebody for twenty years, and you still don't even know his name. And most of the time, the only reason I know their name yeah. is because of jujitsu tournaments, and they have to put their real name yeah. on the registration. You're like, yeah. who is that? You're like, oh, <laughs> what's his name? I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And you've known them for you know yeah. twenty, thirty years. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. What was your nickname? Or what is your nickname? Uh, I didn't really have a nickname, but uh, it was like like that my family used to call me Al. Okay. Like Alberto, show for Alberto because yeah. I had a lot of Alberts, like my grandfather, my uncle, and so. Uh, and then in, in Brazil, they say um, the L they pronounce like a U, like ow. Ow. And uh, and instead of like a dog barking and going woof woof, they say ow ow, you know. Oh. And so it's kind of like ow ow pitchabu or whatever, just <laughs> ow, you know. So they say ow. It's kind of funny. <laughs> that's and funny. And endearing, you know, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Story, yeah. yeah. So at the turn is ow ow ow. <laughs> <laughs> Good memories. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the best part about jujitsu, like the memories that you make. Mm-hmm. You know, impacting people and people impacting us. And I'm gonna ask you again on the on your podcasts. You know, like you like you had you talked like Haji Gracie, right? Mm, we didn't have Haji, oh, okay. but we had we had Horian. We had Horian. How was Horian? Um, it, it was great. I mean, th- those are great conversations. He's the guy who, who created the the UFC. Yeah, UFC. Yeah, it, it was great to hear behind the scenes. You know, it was great to hear, you know, his perspective about where it is now. What is now? You know, like even yesterday. You know, last night we sat down and we were watching UFC, and and then you see these this end result of, you know trillion dollar company or whatever it is right now you know and and but it all started like in the garage and he talks about it like even how they were selecting selecting the fighters for ufc one and like how it all just simply started how did he select they had pictures he was saying that they had pictures just on the wall you know with their names like polaroids yeah yeah and you know with short descriptions of which art they were representing and they were trying to match them up you know and and I guess there was one room filled with them because they were trying to just make make matchups, you know, and and it, it's just mind blowing how bare sim- knuckle, no rules, you know. Yeah. I mean, the only thing you can't do is like fish hook and eye gouge, right? Yeah, yeah. Hair pulling was allowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? What's his name? Um, Kim Kimo. Kimo, yeah, yeah. Hoist Gracie was yanking his hair. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's and no weight, no weight category, no weight categories, no open, time limit, no time limit, open open weight class, right? And essentially anything goes, you know. So it's a lot of guts to a lot of oh balls yeah. to to get in there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It was very um, eye opening. Yeah, yeah. We've come a long way since then. It's Thirty years. Thirty years. I saw in the gloves, right? Yeah. The UFC yeah. that thirty years anniversary. Yeah. Long time. When think about it from this perspective. If that didn't happen, if Horian didn't put this together. Mm-hmm. If he didn't do UFC one, or whatever, I don't know at which point became more official. But like I think UFC seven or nine became a little. I think they got out after after the fourth one, right? Okay, maybe maybe they did the fifth or something, and then that was it. Yeah. So think about it. If that failed, it didn't get off the ground or just stopped. Would we be sitting here? Yeah, no. 
No? Sure. See? Sure. Look look how one event, one event, it changed, one person. It changed all of uh, changed everything martial arts around yeah, the world. It absolutely. You know, brought grappling back into absolutely. the forefront. It was all it was all striking things yeah. for so many years. Yeah. People thought maybe he didn't even work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, isn't that mind blowing? It's mind blowing. Just you know, and Hoist Gracie was like the perfect guy yeah. to do it too, because, yeah. I mean, there was these huge guys in his, in the bracket, right? Yeah, and he's yeah. like 170 pounds. Yeah, just with good technique and yeah. and know how. Know how. Yeah. Beating three three people in one oh, night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a, what a, you know, a world changing event. Yeah, what a story. Yeah. Yeah. What are some other things you remember from? I'm curious, just in the Hori and Gracie uh, episode. Uh, you know this whole garage thing. So that that's like they, a common training in the garage. Yeah. So that's like a common denominator. So and it, anytime we talk to the old school guys, or Chris Conrad, or John Will, you the know, Dirty Ken, Dozen, Dirty Dozen, uh-huh. Ken, Ken Gabriel, so even Next Generation, you know, like um, um, Henry Atkins, you know, I mean, there's a Next Generation after that. But even he talked about that, you know, going to Hickson's Gar- house, you know, everything. There was there was no such thing as academy. You know, we, we, that, that's, that's kind of post-product of what what the next version of jiu-jitsu is, mm. what we see today. Mm. But before, it was all private lesson, lessons. Even, like, I, John Will was talking about that he was number, I, I don't remember which number, like, uh, number 11, I think he was. His his card, his attendance card was number 11. And I asked him, who were the other 10? And he's I have no idea. Like, I've never seen them. I, I have never interacted with these guys. Mm. You know, it was very one-on-one. You showed up for private classes, huh? Everything. You showed up to a specific time. You, you were taught a class, and then you left. You know, I, I think um, I think that was definitely America, America, because, you know, I'm, like, first-generation competitor. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was right after, like, Chris Howder, you know? And uh, for sure, like, I mean, unless you were with the Machados, because they came from like you know the you know the the whatever the Carl Carl's Grace just thought they were you know the the kind of the full thing, but it was a lot of Hoy and Gracie kind of the way he set it set things up you know and they still mm-hmm. that till today like a he- it's a Heather Gracie thing right mm-hmm. they did privates mm-hmm. in the original Gracie Academy in like the 30s and stuff, and that's how he ran things you know like the Valenti brothers in in, mm-hmm. in Miami you know um, they do private lessons but uh, like the you know the Carlson Gracie, the Carlos Gracie Jr., Holes Gracie, like the that whole, you know, which is uh, which are all the major teams right today. Um, they were like they were like training, you know, group group mm-hmm. group training, group, yeah, gatherings and stuff. But Helio was definitely like privates, and then in those early days here in the U.S., you did well. You could go to the Machados and you could do a uh, do a class, you know, in the early days. Um, like Dave uh, Novograd, um, he's he's an interesting. He's in, he's in the first first. Uh, I think he's uh, Higgin Machado's first black belt. Mm-hmm. You know, first American black belt. First black belt. No, first American. Not sure, but he's old school. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, yeah, at the Machados you could train group, but uh, like the other ones were definitely a lot of privates. You know, because of how they came up. Like Horner brought mm-hmm. brought uh, Hickson out. He brought mm-hmm. like his brothers out right yeah and so they did a lot of privates um well even even today like if you look at chris howder i mean he has you know little classes but mm-hmm. it's literally in his garage mm-hmm. and it, you know i mean i don't know if you consider it as a class they they kind of do it more one-on-one over yeah. a small like semi-private yeah. lesson for for four students you know what i mean yeah 
So and and he takes a lot of pride. We had him and his wife on the podcast, mm-hmm. and they talked about it. they they had zero interest in opening an academy. Yeah, it's a lot of work, you know. Um, but they do love what they do. Yeah, you yeah. know. I feel blessed because my 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 history allowed me to. I did privates, of course, because I you know you traveled wherever you could. Like I, I came out here, and uh, our our first teacher, Amal Eason's first like he was a Navy SEAL. He was a student at the Machados, so mm-hmm. he kind of ran like a group class. But then, of course, I went, did I would come and I would try to do privates, right? And uh, we were going to Carlos Machado and in, in Texas, he had just mm-hmm. moved out there from from California, and his studio was inside of uh, the Ro- the Walker Texas Ranger studio. Oh, the Chuck really? Norris studio. Chuck Norris, yeah, yeah. So you had to walk through like the the set okay. to get into the the mat room. And that was pretty cool. It was like the early days, and I'm still connected with a lot of the guys that yeah. know, got the black belts and the, the first generation of guys. Um, but uh, but I'm really grateful that you know I had the experience of moving down to Brazil and really like get the source, you know, of how how things really were, you know, mm-hmm. because the Helio, I shouldn't say the Helio, because back in the day everybody was together, like Carlos Gracie right. Senior and Helio. Um, but like it was kind of like Helio, right? He had his way, like he was very like you know very you know. They're all disciplined, but like, um, very, uh, I don't know, control. Like, and you did private his way, his yeah. way, his yeah. way. And then Carlson Gracie was more like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, he's the fighter guy. He mm-hmm. took, you know, when Helio lost, he Carlson avenged his loss. Mm-hmm. And so Carlson was the champion of the family. Mm-hmm. And then Holes Gracie was after him, mm-hmm. right? And so we're kind of lineage of all, all that, right? The Carlson, the Holes, um, and then uh, after Holes passed because he had died mm-hmm. when he was in a hang gliding, gliding accident, mm-hmm. um, um, Carlos Gracie Jr. took over his his students. Yeah, which is the, you know the the beginning of Gracie Baja because he moved from like Copacabana that area to mm-hmm. Baja to Tijuca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a beautiful story. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, amazing. You know, and then of course they were all rivals. They all right. competed against each other. Like we yeah. were, we were. Uh, Rivals of Carlson Gracie, oh, we yeah. were like, oh, they're meatheads, and you know, whatever. Like, technique isn't as good. Our technique's better. <laughs> whatever, more. You know, whatever. Uh, it's super interesting, but it's an amazing, amazing dynamic. Uh, uh, even like Corley Gracie, which is, which is, mm-hmm. you know, Helio's son, right? Yeah. And so he was the competitor, the jiu-jitsu competitor, right? One of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so him and his lineage. And then, uh, and then, like Saul Ribeiro talking to him, because Saul Ribeiro is probably Jorge uh, Gracie's top student, right? Mm-hmm. Um, him saying like Gracie Baja brought out the the, the original competitors, you know, he, they brought out the best version of him. Yeah, you know, and they all they all like they all mixed, right? Everybody brought out the best in each mm-hmm. other. The Carlson brought out the best in in uh, the, you know the the Gracie with the Carlos Gracie Junior students, and then the vice versa. You know, is all interconnected, and then it's cool. Seeing people at the Masters Worlds, or you know these 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 uh, these you know, even the terms, events, but they're yeah. competing other events, but they're competing kind of still competing with each other, or they just we just hang out. Yeah. And they were once once rivals. Yeah. But they're like they're like brothers, you know. Yeah. Like you were you were a rival, but now it's like you're just so grateful because you, now you realize those guys brought out the best in you. Yeah. Well, they push you to the limits, right? They push you and to the they, limit. They, you really, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, listen, if you go through that kind of training and that kind of competition, especially, you know, in, interacting with people like that, you know, you always make that connection with them, you know, yeah. and it's, um, you know, you arrival, you rivals on the mat, but the moment you step off, yeah. often yeah. you, you, you friends, you know, yeah. and, and you, 
you hang out off, off the mat. So I, th I think that's but at a the beautiful time, but at, at the time there was bad blood, you know. Yes. Well, it all depends on the person, right? But uh, there was some bad, you know, like there was some, you know, it was a rivalry. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. Like yeah. You, like you we, we talked to Seneca. He talked about that. Often, exactly. Yeah. yeah. What did he, What did he say? Well, he, he Seneca, was. Like, so he's one of my one of my mentors. Yeah. Yeah. He's Seneca. I mean, what what an interesting story. I mean, he he's old school. <laughs> he talked he's about what 1996, the world first world champion, yeah, black yeah, world champion. Yeah. He beat Megaton in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he talked about anything from from fights at the beach to <laughs> to some what, of the what, tournaments. What did he, what did he say? Well, he, he said it was very raw back then. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. It's very raw. Like everything was about honor. Everything was about protecting the name. Yeah, you know? that's nobody it. could say anything. Nobody could. You fight on the beach. Absolutely. You would, yeah, you like would, right now, well, let's go. You know, like people being disrespectful these days. Like, yeah, you know, they yeah. punch in the face. Like yeah, wherever. it definitely was different. You know, and 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 um, you know, even tournaments, it, it was almost not almost, but it was like protecting the honor of 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 the flag. You know, you 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 fighting under this name, and you need to do what it takes. You know, so um, it was interesting to hear those stories way back from from Brazil. You know, because we don't see any of this here. Right, right. I mean, we, we see the competition aspect of it, but it, but it's all. I it's mean, it's all nice now. It's right. All, not that that you know, but the essence, the rawness. I think there was. Yeah. I think there's something to that, you know, because it, it is primal. It is. And and I don't think, you know, I, you know, because it's interesting, right? IBJJF. We were talking about this, right? Yeah. The goal is to make it like a real real fight mm -hmm. like this, their goal isn't to make it an olympic sport yeah. but jugar kano he wanted judo to become an olympic sport so right. his goal was to make an olympic sport correct and so they took stuff that wasn't spectator friendly perhaps absolutely and adapted it and it kind of ended up mainly like like throwing right yeah more so than you know controlling on the ground and things like yeah. that but the gracie family kept the essence of it alive mm -hmm. right hence yep. fast forward into the ufc in the right. 19, 1993 yeah um, but, but, um, yeah, we they kept it a lot. Was it, I forgot my train of thought on the, on the jujitsu. Um, oh yeah. For the IBGF, like their, their goal. So they're trying to, they, the IBGF is very like judo, judo-esque, you know, with the with guys with the mm -hmm. suits and things mm -hmm. like that. And we we're talking about how at the, at the, at the finals of the worlds, like the guy won in the last 10 seconds mm -hmm. and then he jumped off the mat and jumped on his team in the stands and mm -hmm. was all celebrating. Yeah. And then and they then he, yeah. and they disqualified him, mm -hmm. and uh, you know like there's a there's a balance because I think it needs to be primal like t people you know like UFC is so primal like the guy jumps on the cage and he does the you know it's, it's a part of like man you're so emotional yeah it's real mm -hmm. and you connect with that yeah and I think to make it so stiff our goal isn't the IBJF's goal isn't to be an Olympic sport. Right, so why are they trying to be like judo? Right, I don't know. I, and, I don't know. And and they want they're supposed to be like a real fight, right? Mm -hmm. That's what the essence of that's what they're you know when you do the the rules thing and all that to get certified. That's yeah. what that's what it says. Yeah. But somebody that you know fought for you know so I understand that aspect, but it's like the suits and very very like stiff and and then you have ADCC. I was about to say. Right? That was really cool. I mean, they have Bruce Buffer, and then, yep. like, it's raw, you know? Like, you take the guy off the mat, and you kind of keep going a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no, like, it's not so, like, it's primal, more primal. Yeah. Like, more, like, you got or you don't, you know? Yeah. It's definitely more entertaining, too. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's more real. Yeah, do you think that's the reason why ADCC is growing so fast the last few years? I mean, man, I think Mo, Mo uh, you know, doing the last, the last two... 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one being here in Anaheim, like they they raised the production value because I don't know if you watched the earlier ones with like in China mm-hmm. and like the master separating yeah. was a joke. You know, that's yeah. the apex of you know submission grappling yeah um and so so i mean the first abu dhabi's that's what got it go, kind of going it was in in abu dhabi and they had a combat club they had like the guy the brazilians would go over there mm-hmm. and they got like gold and gold yeah. eagle i don't yeah. know all kinds of like money <laughs> guys that were like betting on them you know and the and if you want this or that they were you know so they, yeah. made, like, they made money you know yeah and that was like unheard of in in grappling at those times so that's what kind of like got the the word out about adcc and of course the rules are cool because it was like who is the best style of grappling. Yeah. It was like very, very primal, mm-hmm. very like the first UFCs. Yeah. Of like which style is the best. Yeah. Which was Gracie, what the yeah. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu showed, right? right? How effective it was. And then yeah. ADCC, it's like Jiu-Jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu, you know. But then now it's, you know, you first you have to kind of do everything, but it all kind of inter- intertwines, like people doing the leg locks, sambo, mm-hmm. adding Sambo to the game. Mm-hmm. And so it's really like, it's, it's a mixture, kind of like how MMA has become. Yeah. It's a mixture. You, you know, often on, on... It's all blended together. Yeah. Often on my podcast, we talk about if the ADCC flavor of jiu-jitsu is going to create its own sport almost. What do you think about uh, that? Man, you know, like, like I do think you think <laughs> that it's gonna stop? Co- do you think nah, like ten, a decade from now we're gonna stop calling it jujitsu and it's gonna nah, be just man. grappling? Nah, it's jujitsu, man. It's jujitsu. It's uh, it's uh, th- there's a respect there. There's a lineage. It's beautiful, man. You know. Yeah. And I think gi no gi, it's jujitsu. You know. Um, I think I think it's just the production and how they do it. Like ABGF, it's huge tournaments, right? A lot mm-hmm. of people, and that's cool. But it should be more like it shouldn't be so. Um, I, I appreciate it. I feel like I'm criticizing, but I appreciate like how they have everything, like the timing and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's like really organized, you know, yeah. but just I wish it wasn't so like so strict. Rigid. Rigid yeah. yeah. Because it makes it not fun for the guys. Like we've been doing the Jiu-Jitsu World Leagues mm-hmm. and it's fun, man. You know, it's like very like they have they take care of the, the coaches, you know, they have there's like a little coach's corner. Uh, that that, But they also kind of take care of the competitors. They make it super easy. Like if you have to cancel. To, you know, get a refund, a refund, or just they make it really easy, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get two matches, not because it's good for or efficient for the, for for them. It like adds so much more work, mm-hmm. right? But because it's best for Nick, the the competitors, the competitor, you know. Yeah. And so uh, I don't know the whole the whole, you know. I, I, I'm an IBGF guy. I'm you know I, I believe I you know I love it. You know, it's just a little bit. You know, I just go on intuition and right right now like the the the. It's not really clear, you know, mm-hmm. that like we were saying, the IBJJF, uh, you know, it's to be like a real fight, but yet then it's not like it's very stiff, you know, it's to mm-hmm. mu- it's not it's very stiff like with suits. It's all good. The suits are cool, you know, but uh, just the uh, just you know the people with the if your gi's not perfect, but one time you're out or whatever. It's just so yeah. stiff, you know. It's very much, very much Olympic like. You know, like what, what, what yeah. they do with judo, you know. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. I mean, they're copying, yeah. right? They're copying yeah. Yeah. the the judo style. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is which is good because it makes it more professional. Right. But at the same time, like it's cool to be like raw too. And I think that I think I think that the guys who do, you know, especially like that's what that's what has attracted us to the the whole thing, you know. Yeah. Just the rawness of it, yeah. like going to going to the the original worlds in Brazil at the Tijuca Tennis Club yeah. and and uh, you know like. 
like Hodge Gracie, you know, getting Jacques in the armbar and Jacques not tapping, you yeah. know, and winning the match and running around like one handed. Right, and, we'll break his And arm, everybody's yeah. cheering yeah. and, you know, yeah. the guy, yeah. the Tedede guy, like the yeah. kids from the favela, like, ooh, yeah. Tedede, and like yeah. just like soccer, like a soccer stadium inside, yeah. you know? And just giant guys jumping off the mat, and just it was just epic, you know. Like as a kid, as a young guy, like I was just like, this is it, you know. This is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can only imagine, um, like being there and 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 going through these emotions. That was crazy. I'm sure. Yeah, it's cool. It's just real, you know. It's like yeah. I think I feel like it's great. You know, it's all good. You know, uh, you know, it's all good. But it's like a little bit like a little bit pretentious too. You know, like like you know, guys are. It's this is what it is. You know. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu, fight, you know, fighting. It's it is what it is. Like, you know. Yeah. Um. But but yeah. As far as like the the growth, because somebody said like, oh, you think he is is dead? Is like, no, man. It's jujitsu. You know, you should do both. Yeah, absolutely. You should do both. You absolutely. Know? You should know it all. Yeah. Um. And it's 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 the biggest thing. The biggest thing. If you ask all the any of the old, like guys that I've done podcasts with, like Hoist Gracie, just people that have been in the game for a long time. Man, they always say this, they always say the same thing. What's the biggest thing that jujitsu has given you? It's the relationships. Yeah, you know the relationships like they have their whole the rest of their life. It's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, you know, and so I don't know. It's all good. It's all. Uh, I, I don't feel like I. I, don't, I didn't mean to sound like I'm criticizing. You know the things, but just you want to you want it to grow and you want it to do good. And I think there's a little bit of a the vision isn't very clear because IBJF is to be like a real fight, but yet it's trying to be like the olympics and and mm -hmm. judo and stuff well hopefully as part of the evolution you know yeah and we maybe need, they adjust need, you know they, maybe they adjust they adjust so yeah it, i mean we all have to evolve and we have to make changes if you don't make changes you kind of fall apart right so yeah we'll see over the next few few years especially yeah. with adcc growing what they're gonna do yeah and the, the the world the adcc worlds this last one it was like a real world championship you know yeah. the guys had their own countries jersey on right. like if you're from canada representing canada you mm -hmm. had your flag on it like it was i was really really cool i watched i stayed there from the early morning till night i was just like it was amazing yeah you know the the pride announcer the the pyrotechnics the mm -hmm. bruce buffer i mean yeah. come on you know yeah. the hall of fame you know the hall of fame was you know I, I got a little emotional just sitting there i was like man i'm just really proud to have been part of just the story yeah yeah really following my just following my instincts and my heart and 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 moving down to brazil and uh, and doing what i what i what i loved you know following following my passion because it did not make any sense at all you know i didn't know if I, I didn't think about having a gym it was it was fight club days <laughs> you, you know you know i was you weren't thinking about nobody <laughs> knew what jiu-jitsu was so when you were nobody knew what jiu-jitsu was so back then when you were training in Brazil, like, do you comprehend the magnitude of what's around you? As far as what? Like, people you train with and how big this is going to be. And, no, and of like course not. I just followed my heart. It was crazy. Like, I had many mornings where I woke up and, like, I'm in Rio de Janeiro looking out the window and, like, what am I doing here? You're crazy. <laughs> what are you doing here? You know, because I lived in Rio when I first went there. We lived on this little island. And I had to take like a little like a little boat to get the front of the island. I have to walk because the house we lived in, mm -hmm. it didn't have like uh, uh, land access. You had to paddle a boat to get to the okay. to the to the house, you know. And so I had to like we had to walk to the other side, the side of the island. I had to paddle a boat to get to my. How house, far was you know? that? Uh, it wasn't that long. It was maybe like uh, two hundred feet, you know. 
Okay. Yeah, but you know, I had to learn the fr- my first day, I almost, almost uh, got washed away. I thought I was gonna get washed <laughs> away because I didn't know how to paddle. You know, I was in from New Mexico. Nobody, I didn't know how to paddle. <laughs> so you paddle one time and then you start going in circles, circles. right? And if there's a current, forget about it. You know, and I thought I was gonna die. You know. Uh, That's funny story. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did it on. I talked about it on Joey Diaz's podcast. Yeah, you yeah. know, as my first day, like I'm, I'm all Eastern, and he's like, "Oh, just take the bike back. Bikes back to the house." Yeah. You know? I'm like, okay. And I, uh, you know, he was, he was like kayaker. He, you know, he, and I had never like paddled a boat. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, for sure. And it was like I said, like about uh, maybe 100 feet or whatever, 200 feet. And uh, you know, it's like a couple paddles, right? But I didn't know, and there was a current, and there's like these little plants, like the jugoya plants, like that, you know, can get mm-hmm. caught up in your boat and stuff, mm-hmm. and then they start dragging you out. Mm-hmm. And it was a lagoon, Baja de Tijuca, so there's like a land, and then you live. There's some islands on in this lagoon, and but of course the water goes out into the ocean. So when you mm-hmm. come into Baja, you see the yeah. water going in and out. Yeah. So I had that vision in my mind, and then the current was like raining a little bit too. And the water size taking me, the, the current takes me out. And I was, because I was going in circles too, so I couldn't <laughs> paddle against it at all. So I started, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get washed out to the ocean. And, it's like, ah. and so I grabbed the side of the, the land, you know, and I just pulled myself, I pulled myself inch by inch, inch by inch, inch by inch, because I, 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 I don't, you know, it was crazy. Yeah. And I got back to the little pier where the boat was, and I, I just tied it up again. It took me probably like a half hour, you know, to get to the original spot, you know, you have like hard work. And I went back to the house that Amal was at, and I was like, "Hey, man, like I, 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 I didn't make it, you know. I, 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 I'm not a paddle." <laughs> and uh, we just had him on the, on, the, on my podcast. I should, I if I knew, I would yeah, ask him. Yeah, like, he's like, he's like my big brother, older brother, you know, to me. And so yeah, that was the f- that was that first day. But uh, but uh, he took me to yeah. The, this like, this is the I'll tell you the whole f- the first the first day. Okay, of me in Brazil. So this is before iPhones. So yeah. it was like little dictionaries, right? What year is this? 1990, 1996. Okay, 1996. So th- okay, that's way back. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and uh, so I go, and then uh, I get he picks me up, and Hanzo Gracie asks me. I go because my dad lived in New York at the time, so he asks me to bring a laptop to, for his friend, and I was eighteen or what I was, you know, I was a kid. And so I get to the immigration, and they're like, "Is this your? Is this your laptop?" I'm like, um, "Actually, no, it's not. Uh, somebody gave it to me. So I don't know, you know. So <laughs> I was dumb, you know, uh, naive." And they're like, "Oh, really? It's not yours, huh? Okay, it's somebody else's. Okay." <laughs> and so they took me into the customs, and they were they had me in there for like an, I don't know a couple of hours, you know, it, like in, you know, interrogating me. And so eventually, Amal knows something is up, so he comes inside and he kind of. Helps me out, and we end up leaving the laptop, and I had to come back, you know, months months after with with uh, Hanzo Gracie's friend to kind of get that laptop and figure it out to, to get back for him. So that was that. He picks <laughs> me up. Oh, but before that though, Amal Amal was a big kayaker, so he asks me to bring his kayak, his other kayak, because he almost died. Uh, he he's a river kayaker, yeah. but ocean is different, right? right? Because if the ocean wave hits the skirt. Right. Basically, the water goes inside the kayak, and yep. you, it takes you down to the ground. Right. And so he had to get saved by a helicopter, and he made the news and everything. Wait, what? Yeah. And so he's like, hey, man, I got another kayak. Can you bring it? So imagine I'm bring- – so I brought a kayak from New Mexico to New York because my dad lived in New York City, you know, th- th- at the time. Um, and so I, 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 you know, put some cardboard around the kayak and then checked it in as, you know, as an oversized How whatever. How big is this kayak? Uh, kayak's a kayak. It's huge. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, exactly. This, this, uh, this is like before. And it, that's not even the first day yet, right? It's just like getting there. 
And my dad till his like death till he died. He knew he never <laughs> forgot that story that we we strapped this kayak to his, his roof of his car. car. Like this little car, you know. And we strapped it to his ca- his car and we got it there. It was crazy, you know. And uh and I I I did it. You know, I did it. I I brought it checked it in and so i had this kayak with cardboard wrapped around it with tape and whatever i just we did figure it out taped you know had, tied it to his, his roof you know the roofs of cars that i to get to the airports yeah. you know and then uh hands of grace me gives me a laptop to take for his friend and then i'm then i'm you know naive and don't i don't right. want to say the right things to the immigration and they took it and keep interrogate me for two hours. And I don't speak, you know, they, their English wasn't good, and I had I had zero Portuguese. Um, and then Maul comes get he gets me, and then he, and his kayak, right? <laughs> and so he's gonna go out there again. And so like I said, he almost died. The helicopters, because there's like big old, uh, you know, what do you call like rip rip tides or grip. Uh, um, is it rip tide? Yeah, yeah, it pulls you out pulls into the middle of the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. he almost died, and somehow somebody saw him, and the helicopter got him. And you know, got him to safety, uh, and uh, and then he's like, "Hey, man, can you uh, can you can you bring my other kayak?" Uh, and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> you know." So that was that. And then uh, so we get to where the kayak and all that, and then uh, we uh, we go to the downtown because he's like, "I'm hungry," you know. And if you know Mall, Mall's like always uh, at my, my L.A. Marshall. He always calls him a, a mauling, you know. <laughs> and because he grew up as a hippie, so he's like kind of like a free spirit, you know. And so we end up in this like downtown. Uh, like a hole in the wall. He would love to go out to these hole in the wall places, and I'm kind of like real conservative. Like I don't want to get sick, you know, and yeah. eat, eat the wrong food and throw yeah. up and whatever. I was kind of parano- paranoid too, right? Because third world country, whatever. And so I go to this hole in the wall place, of course, and I'm looking at the menu, and I'm like, okay, what's this, you know? And then so we, I look it up, and it says like lizard tongue. <laughs> I don't know if that was the right thing, but I looked up the words in my dictionary, and that's what it said. And I'm like, oh man, like. I'm okay, you know? And then I see this homeless guy, like, showering, like, because usually in the restaurants they have a sink in the, like, in the middle of the restaurant. And this homeless dude, like, just bathing himself in that in that sink. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm not hungry, you know? So I didn't eat, you know? And I was, like, in the morning still or whatever, whatever. And then uh, eventually we make it to Baja de Tijuca. And uh, and uh, we go to the friend's house, you know? And uh, he has some bikes, I guess, that we had to take back to the house. Um, actually, we got to the house and we got the bikes, and then we went to the house, and then he asked me to take back the bikes, and then you know I, uh, uh, you know, almost thought I was gonna die, and I got back to the original spot, and I was like, hey man, sorry, you know, I, I couldn't do it, and then uh, just to finish the day, just to finish the day, right before we're gonna go, I, I'm, I'm in bed, you know, about to go to sleep, I'm like, oh, it was a crazy day, you know, tired, you know, uh, gunshots go off. You know, gun gunshots. It was like sounded like it was like next door. Like I thought there was like a home invasion and people are you know getting shot or whatever shot up. And so I'm like, oh man, oh man, oh man. And uh, so I went under the bed because it was like this like abandoned house, yeah. but this guy uh, managed ma- maintained it. Basically, they had a guy like a uh, maintaining it, and then he had these rooms. And so my I'm all rented like we rented those the rooms from him. Mm-hmm. And so I thought like it was a home invasion, and you know I was like, oh, it was like there wasn't a closet, so I just went under the bed, you know. So I stayed under the bed, and then uh, when uh, when uh, they were looking for, hey, uh, hey, Al, 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 where you at? You know, <laughs> and uh, I was like, <laughs> I came out of the bed. <laughs> so they laughed, and I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I was freaking out. I was freaking out. I was like, what's going on? You know, 
And so that was my first day. It was a perfect way to, you know, to to end the day with gunshots and hiding under the bed yeah. and them laughing at me. Yeah. And uh, and there it began, you know, my uh, my real like journey of of getting serious with jujitsu. And then I walked to the to the gym. Well, it seems like after that everything should be easy. Yeah, it was. It was very <laughs> interesting, you know, because you would train. I would overtrain always. And I would uh, get back to that the little pier where I would paddle the boat, and sometimes the the people would take the paddle, and so I wouldn't have a paddle. Oh, so you left the boat on the sh at the yeah, shore? Yeah, we tied it. We tied it. What was it? It was like a you walked to the side of the island, and there wasn't a let. You know, there's some people, but some sometimes somebody would take the paddle. Yeah. Um, and so there wasn't a paddle. So what did you do then without paddle? Yeah, it sucked because the you know the sewage wasn't always clean. It's a third world country, so sometimes you would there would be some smells and stuff in the water. It was like you don't want to, like touch the water. Yeah. And so I'd have to grab the rocks and pull myself inch by inch to you know 100 feet or whatever 200 feet whatever that was to get to the house, and that's after training all day, getting home like 10 10 30. You, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you wake up in the morning like, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? So what you're saying? We are all spoiled. <laughs> by having a nice clean facility I mean, to come you know, to trade I'm, I'm grateful <laughs> man I'm really grateful because uh, uh, you know it was before uh, cell phones before videos yeah like you had to buy the VHS tapes it was like very secretive every single technique oh, yeah, yeah. it's very secretive and so to really get information it was hard yeah um, and like I I was a big old nerd I would like I'd, I had this these notebooks and I would write down all the techniques I was learning and then I would come back and I would train with all the guys. That's how I started in a mall mm -hmm. too. That's how we actually, he went down first because he was older than me. He was like 24, 25 and I was a teenager. And so he came back and we started training in his garage every day. And, uh, and uh, I started learning all these different techniques, you know, higher level stuff. And so this is cool, you know, and he came to California for a couple of tournaments and then I was like, this is what I want to do, you know. And I wasn't sure yet, you know. And then I was like, I wanted to. I thought I wanted to be a Navy SEAL, maybe even. I almost went into the Navy. Mm. Yeah. And uh, my blood pressure was high, and it's like we need to keep an eye on it. Like you can come. We're gonna take keep an eye. We'll call you. It's like okay. And then Amal came back. And we started training in his garage. And then after a couple of months, the Navy called like, hey, you can come in because I, I thought I wanted to be a Navy SEAL too, like my the first Jiu Jitsu coach. Mm -hmm. And then uh, once the mall came back and we started training in his, training his gr in his garage, I was like, no, this is what I want to do, you know. And so then, you were hooked from then. Yeah, I was like, I, I just, I just, it was, it's all I could think about. So let me ask seven you days a week. So let me ask you this: when you when when you're thinking, I'm not gonna go to Navy. I want to do this jujitsu for a living. Are you envisioning that that's how you're gonna make your money? Definitely not. Definitely not. So you just want to roll. You just want to train. You just want to learn it. Yeah. Isn't it? There is no, there is no gym. There is no like. Well, that's why I wasn't asking. sure. I wasn't sure. They didn't know what Brazilian Jiu Jitsu was. They knew what karate and taekwondo were. Well, that's why. But I'm they asking. had no idea how this worked unless they watched those early UFCs, yeah. which wasn't like it was like very underground. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm asking because today, obviously, the world is different than when the students come up and they get some of the you know the higher ranks. The thoughts of having your own academy starts surfacing, mm -hmm, right? Like, mm -hmm. you, you, what you're saying is. That, that option didn't even exist. Like, that's not part of comprehension process. It, it's just you want to train. That this is what you want to do. You know, nobody was thinking about making money or having students or having academy or being successful. None of that existed. Yeah. Like, Jack Leonard, he was, uh, he, 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 he was an attorney. Yeah. And so, you know, his, his family was well-to-do. Like, you know, and, and he, he decided, like, this is what I want to do. I could do jujitsu, mm -hmm. or I could, you know, I could become an attorney and not be happy 
so I want to be happy and so I'm going to do jujitsu. Yeah. And he followed his dream. And he was what I'm grateful for too because it was fight club days, yeah. but he was always professional. He would always show up on time. He would always like be really professional, you know, as professional, you know, but he would like, he would be, yeah, he would be like, you take it very serious, like a job. Mm-hmm. And he would be in morning till night, you know, it's, 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 it was, it was, it was uh, like a great role model yeah. to have, you know, and I think that's why I ended up, uh, moving there and uh, in Be- to Bella Rizanch and at his mm-hmm. gym because it was all white belts and blue belts and in Rio de Janeiro, the Gracie Baja, it was all the best of the best of the best black belts. Mm. You know, the best, like the best guys in the world. There was like, that was the golden era, you know, that was yeah. the time where like, that was like Saul Barrow saying yeah. like, these are the, these are the guys that brought out the best of me, like the Sonequin, you know, the, just, I mean, all the weights, different games. Yeah. It was where it was at, you know, the creative space um, and, but, but directly, you know, just the environment and the culture that he had at the gym it was all just beginning and he really cared and of course because i was the first generation of his black belts um like he wanted you were representing him you know mm-hmm. so it was nice because you got that attention but i felt like also that being in bella Rizanche, it was uh i felt part of the team i felt like they were my this is my team these are my these are my my brothers this is my i was representing do you think that that created their roots in your... Oh, for sure, for like sure. And I have these guys coming through all the time, and I think yeah. just kind of, uh, it's the same the same energy, you know? And the guys were all good, world-class guys, you know? Like, I mean, Philippe Pena, like, he comes from that the same... Like, all this Samurago, all these guys, like, so many world championship champions, right? But it was all, like, well, depends on the guy, right? How professional they are. But uh, that's 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 it, you know? That's what I, that's what I, that's what I love, like, being professional, being... A real like you know everybody like working hard but also like keeping it real right mm-hmm. like it's like it's a martial art it's a fight yeah. you should know how to fight you know uh, yeah. as well like that's why I like the self-defense like all these things like oh uh you need to know that that's martial arts you know that's martial art and you should be you should not be should be a black belt in jiu-jitsu but you know what you should know how to fight too mm-hmm. not too you should if you're a jiu-jitsu black belt you should know how to fight you should feel hey I, if something happens i know what i know what's up yeah, you should be able to take care, take care of business. Absolutely. Yeah. So like here we have jujitsu, we have Muay Thai, you know, um, and 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 you know, of course, I've gotten to these recovery like tack fit, you know. Yeah. Uh, that which really completes everything. Really builds structure. Really build helps you recover. Helps you really get real strength. Um, and I think yeah, that's 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 the formula, you know, to have all that, all those things together. And and of course, uh, the self defense aspect. I call it self defense. But it's like, man, it's like street stuff, you know? And I think you can never um, not do that. Uh, like, and if you watch an MMA, an MMA fight, man, if, when you break it down, it's all like, it's all like self-defense things, you know? Like oh, yeah. a bear hug, this, that. Like, it's all like, it's all the same basic things. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's almost used every single time you're on the mat. 100%, 100%. And so often people don't look at it that way. So, so, so many times people think about self-defense as like grips or, you know, like the old school old school helio gracie black right, and white right, text right, you know right, what i'm talking right, about yeah, for sure for sure yeah but even those are being used i think no for sure they are 100 it's 100%. it's all there as a part of the core 100%. you know so 100%. it's like it's i think we all should know that so yeah for yeah. sure for sure i feel like i was i was the one talking this, <laughs> this, is, I was, yeah. this is great story <laughs> i want this on my podcast this is great <laughs> but yeah it's been fun and and uh man um, I'm so grateful, you know, for all of it because it like, 
there's like no there's no surrender there's not i've been i've i've invested too much you know yeah and so like the pandemic and all that we're talking about things and there wasn't like i'm like thousand percent like to the death you know jujitsu yeah because this is what this is where it's at i know what it does for people yeah it'll change well it's mind-blowing it's mind-blowing i think when you look at even at the students who are just starting because i think that's where it's most visible the mm. change they are making yeah. over like six yeah. months and 12 months mm -hmm. is mind-blowing yeah. like you know i i have i have a one student that um you know has special needs and and mm -hmm. when he when he arrived you know you, it, there was no eye contact you know very minimal communication mm -hmm. <laughs> now now he will trash talk back to you, you yeah know? yeah, he yeah will, that's it he yeah, will, that's it that's what happens guys are a little funny yeah. like social awkward oh, socially absolutely. don't even look at you yeah and then they yeah. like start you know being oh, smart yeah. asses yeah. kevin knows he knows yeah. what's up you know that's, yeah. that's it and that's that's one of those things that motivate me when i see oh. guys like that that are just like so awkward socially they yeah. don't even look at you in the eye and then they yeah. become like you yeah. know, like a, yeah. a brother and you like know, really you know, good at jiu-jitsu, like badasses. Yeah, absolutely. Straight yeah, up, And you his know? confidence is up to the roof. Yeah. And, and then he's not, he's one of many examples, you know. Yeah. I remember when I, uh, he got his blue belt uh -huh. last year, you uh -huh. know, and, and, and when I called him out, you know, he came up to the front and I was tying him with a bro. He, he leaned into my ear and he goes like, you got me on this. I didn't see this coming, you know. Yeah. But that confidence, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was, it was, it's just mind blowing, it. you know. Yeah. That's it. Um, That's what's up, yeah. Moments like that are very rewarding, aren't they? That's it. As That's a, what it's as about. As an instructor. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's what motivates me, yeah, after yeah. all these years. Yeah. Seeing, like, things like that happen, yeah. happening every day. Yeah. From adults to kids. To kids, yep. Yep. That are sparking their eye and that, mm -hmm. that, that pride, motivation to come back, do hard things. Yeah. 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 Beautiful thing we're sharing. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, man. It was it was amazing to spend time with you always, but uh, your team too, some of your guys and girls. Yeah, women, you know that yeah. three three females coming. Yeah, uh, had some great conversations with with all of them. Yeah, they uh, definitely appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we can do it again. For sure, for sure. How can uh, people find you? You know, Instagram is the best way. Mm. Um, my my name is long and, and very <laughs> Polish like, <laughs> but if you if you search for R O Z D Z, you're gonna find me. I'm the only guy there. So, <laughs> but Instagram is the best way to connect with me. I respond to all messages. So just Kay. DM me, drop me a line, and I'll be there. Awesome. Thank you, brother. As always. Thank you. Mm -hmm.